Hi, this is Caitlin G. Um, is this uh, Kyle? Oh, hi. Hey, Caitlin. Hi. Sorry. I just wanted to call you because um, I realized that I'm coming in tomorrow, but I didn't actually send you my portfolio. I'm sorry about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're really looking forward to, uh, to talking to you tomorrow. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm super pumped to come in, but um, I wanted to send you my portfolio because it has some examples of the stuff that we're going to go over tomorrow. Um, can I just give you that right now? Oh, uh, usually Michelle, our, our recruiting person, gives us your resume and uh, all that stuff. So I, I probably have access to all this already. Oh, yeah. I forgot to send it to her. So it's, I'll just give it to you right now. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me walk to a computer. Okay. Uh, it usually only works on Macs. I'm sorry about that. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, yeah. We use we use Macs here. Okay. Um, it's www.myportfolio.com. My portfolio. With with okay. Uh, it this doesn't look like a. a, a this has got to be what was it? Myportfolio.com. Yeah, I think it's right. It's just you have to click around. Oh, this is this is your your work here. Yep, this is my portfolio. Are you okay. are you looking at uh, it on? You said you're on a Mac. Are you looking at it on a new Mac or an older one? Uh, it's it's a couple of years old now. I'm actually due for a replacement coming up. <laughs> are you on like the newer OSs? Or are you on the older ones? Cause sometimes it looks a little weird on an older. I'm not sure what it is. Are you looking? Are you in Chrome, Safari? What did you type it in on? Uh, I use Chrome. Oh, okay. It should work there. You're probably fine. So. Um, you you mentioned you were on like an older OS. I just wanted to make sure that you're seeing the full thing. Can you um, go to the little Apple sign in the upper left-hand corner um, and just click about this uh, Mac? Just so uh, I know which one. I can, but I'm not sure. I, I mean, I, I see it. Uh, I don't think I'm supposed to give exactly the version that I'm on. Oh, yeah. No worries. I just wanted to make sure you had everything you needed. But I'll be in tomorrow, so I'll see you then. Okay. All right. <laughs> that was close. That was a close one. Yeah, you got to hang up. When you hear any type of suspicion, you just hang right up. So uh, that was a simulation. <laughs> Do and, not panic. And don't worry. Uh, no one was harmed in uh, in this. All all parties were uh, consenting. Were consenting. <laughs> um, welcome to the Vince in the Bay podcast. This episode, my guest is Rochelle. <laughs> Rochelle Tabak. Tabak, social engineering champ. Or no, you're not. You're, you're runner up. Let me start that again. <laughs> you can just say winner. I think that's the word that you can use. I'm here with all around winner, <laughs> Rachel Toback. Hello. Welcome, welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for for coming back. You are one of my repeat guests. You're, you're I think, the third person I've had on twice that makes me feel cool yeah so it makes me feel cool because you've completely blown up (laughs) since i last spoke with you which was after defcon 24 yeah that's right you came in second place in the social engineering captured the flag that year and then this year you came in second place again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. both times being defeated by a a man named chris So two different men. As long so apparently as long as you're not competing against somebody named Chris. Yes. You're the ultimate social engineering visher on the planet. Absolutely. I think everybody named Chris in general is just better than me. So if all of those people could just not go to Defcon this year, that would be great. I actually missed 
Chris's the Chris that won this year. I missed his 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 call, but I his saw was a sweep. Yeah, I it heard was unreal. I heard he just destroyed. It was amazing. Um, and I'm sorry I missed that, but I saw yours and you you killed it too. You know, you put on a clinic, and I want to thank you again for introducing me to or encouraging me to check out the DefCon Social Engineering Capture the Flag. It was inspirational to talk to you about it and learn about it and then to actually go there see it happening and participate in it was a thrill it was unbelievable of course it was so cool to get to explain the secTF to you the first time I was here and then now the second time that I'm here you actually competed and yeah. you went first you were the <laughs> you were the first contestant Dude, I didn't have the luxury of seeing one person do it before me and I was the first person first day nine o'clock in the morning. I was running late too. So I just got there and just pretty much went straight on into the booth. <laughs> so and stressful. so I didn't have, I really didn't have any time to get nervous or scared because I was in such a hurry to get there. And it was the most exhilarating experience I've had in years. I felt like a rock star. You are. Yeah. You the, are a rock star. And everybody on that stage was a rock star. It's, it's like, a competition, but also performance. And, um, you know, I was in front of what, like 300 people mm-hmm. that that room was packed, mm-hmm. especially uh, during your call because the fire marshal didn't get there yet. And then after getting out of that and just sitting in the audience, mm-hmm. watching the other callers, I felt like I was right there with them. Oh yeah. Hanging on every word that they said, second guessing or, mm-hmm. or predicting what was going to happen and stuff. And, and it was really fascinating to see the wide, wide range of the wide range of callers and um, and pretexts and, and different approaches that people took. And uh, luck plays such a huge factor in that competition. It's insane. The amount of luck based moments in the SECTF, I feel like is greater than skill based moments, which is like I can't think of another competition that's like that. So. uh the social engineering capture the flag was your foray into the world of information security. And since then you have become a popular speaker. You've also started your own company. So this has gone from exhibition to now you're getting gigs out of this. You've, you've made a, a, a business out of this. Yeah. So the social engineering capture the flag, like you mentioned is It's pretty much like a performance. It's like an improvisational sketch between you and a person who doesn't know they're currently on stage, um, which is very special. But after doing the social engineering capture the flag and being in the top two, two years in a row, people started to ask me, like, are you going to do this full time? Is this going to be your new job? I realized that there was this world, this entire world of information security that I didn't even realize existed. Uh, DEFCON to me was just like this really fun, cool place where I get to hang out with friends and do crazy stunts and just have a good time. And to actually understand that you can do this as a job, you can make money doing this, like what a dream that is. So I started doing some more self-teaching, speaking with people who I feel like are geniuses in the field, different um, social engineers, speaking a lot to Chris Hadnagy, who's a saint, Um, and mentoring me and realizing that this is something that I could actually do as a job. And um, after doing a couple of different speaking gigs and getting off the stage and people asking, okay, so how much do you charge? Realizing, okay, I need to make this happen now. This is something that is actually being requested of me. Um, It's not just like something that's in my head. 
So after that, Evan and I started Social Proof Security. Um, and basically, we do trainings, um, talks, and we do security assessments and OSINT CTFs. So I'll just break that down for you. But um, basically, we come into companies, we help from the very top all the way to every single person who works at the company um, who's client facing. We help them understand their risk that they're opening themselves up to um, with their social media and their posting online and how a social engineer would use that to infiltrate their company. So we get really specific for that company, help them understand, you know, here's X, Y, and Z that we found on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, here's exactly how we would use that. We'll give a talk that's personalized for them so that they can, so it actually feels real and it's not just like some talking head. And then after that, we usually give people a chance to actually try it. So similar to the SECTF, but everything that happens before you get in the booth, we'll give them a target and have them actually try it, um, come up with scripts. But we don't go as far as them actually making the calls because I think Chris Had Nagy has a team of lawyers and I only have one. <laughs> scripts. I'm curious about scripts. I didn't write a script for for when I went to, really? to the to the booth. No. You still did amazing. Yeah, I I just winged it. Um <laughs> Wong, I, uh, you wung it. Well, I mean, I came up, I guess I came up with pretexts. Like I, one of my, my, the pretext that I thought was going to work failed miserably. Which one? Um, I was going to, oh, I was calling as uh, an event coordinator from the Vancouver office who was looking to do an event at the main headquarters, which happened to be in Santa Clara. So I thought, all right, I'm going to try to connect with the events coordinator there and see if I can get information uh, and like stuff. One events coordinator to another. Exactly. Okay. Got it. And I also thought that I was going to be able to just work the receptionist. I thought that's where I, that's going to be my entry point. I'm going to be able to pivot through her. I'm just going to own this receptionist. But receptionists are locked down. For sure. They, I learned like that really job. fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I got, I got shut down pretty much right away. It's horrible. Yeah. You cannot go through that. Yeah. So I learned, I learned that the hard way. And that was, and so that, that pretext got shut down really fast. And that's where I had to fall back on my plan B, which was actually a, a joke when I was planning. <laughs> what was um, I, don't, I don't know if it's against the rules to get uh, mentoring or help or anything like that? Definitely not against the rules. Okay, good. <laughs> I still felt like I had to do it all myself, though. And I felt like yeah. it was cheating if I reached out for too much help. But the night before, I, I was like, I need, you know, I have this one pretext and that can't be enough. I got to I gotta do more. And so I, I called up a friend of mine who does this sort of work for a living. And he was sort of my... Uh, my coach, my SE coach, if you will. And the night before Your we, guru. yeah, we just kind of brainstormed and researched and crammed. And he gave, he gave me some, some really good ideas and stuff. And, um, just, just jokingly, I should pose as a certain reporter who's a mutual friend of ours and say, I'm calling from Gizmodo and, I'm doing a uh, I'm researching a story on uh, the intersection of gaming and social media. And I was going to target the social media person there. Mm -hmm. And I was able to find, you know, the social media contact, the PR contact and press. I think, I think they had a separate press liaison. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just say I'm, I'm a reporter doing a, doing an, doing an article. And he's like, put that down. He's like, you never know. <laughs> 
He's like, he's like, put that down. I and that like, ended up being your entire, that and was that, your whole thing. And that ended up being the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I had those three different targets and two of them weren't even there. So I was stuck. I was stuck with the PR kid who was like 23 years old. <laughs> Apparently he was like the only person in the, in the office other than the receptionist who shut, shut me down. It's crazy how many people do not come into work on a Friday. Yeah. Of course, he wouldn't give me a quote for my article, but he answered everything else. <laughs> And I did the, you know, oh man, my, my, my computer's freezing up on me. I hate windows 10. Are you guys working on windows 10? You know, I did, yeah. did that reciprocity. thing, the reciprocity, the building, the rapport. And for me, it was a matter of just kind of like falling back on what I know, which is this interviewing people, yeah. journalism. Yeah. And so it's straight uh, chatting. Yeah. So that, so I've got into a comfort zone, but the problem with that though, is at a certain point, I sort of had them in, in the palm of my hand and I got complacent. I was just kind of like, just happy. I had somebody on the line to talk to. And then, like, so do you have a dog? <laughs> and you know, I felt like I could ask him what his social security number was. And he would have told me. Had Nagy would have not been pleased if you. No, of course I wouldn't have done that, <laughs> but I just completely spaced and forgot to to give him the, ask him to go to the website. Oh yeah. The URL. Yeah. One of the, the biggest flag 26 is, points. yeah, 26 points. Biggest flag is getting the target to go to a fake URL. And I just spaced out on that. And I, that was 26 points. I could have, I could have got. And that's so. where scripts come in. Thank you. Yep. So take me through like a typical script of yours with just like one pretext. Okay. Um, let's see. I like to go, I do not like to go through help desks because they have a script and I want to get people who are not trained to answer my questions. So I'll go through somebody who's client facing like um, office managers or um, hiring managers. So if I am going to call an office manager, usually it's because I find their vendors um, tagging them on LinkedIn. So it'll be like, like for our gaming company this year that I had this uh, vendor who built uh, or designed their lobby, they post all these pictures inside the lobby of how their what their entry points look like, uh, what their badge scanners look like, um, and posted a picture with the office manager, like our BFF, and tagged the office manager, right? So now I can pose as the vendor calling the office manager to get more information. Um, so an example would be, ring, ring, ring. <laughs> I would be like... Um, Hey, this is um, Scooby Beep Bop with, uh, I don't know, Lobbies Unlimited. Um, we just want to confirm a couple of pieces because we're going to be uh, working the next couple of weeks um, and making sure that we have your design set up because we saw this on LinkedIn, of course. Um, I want to make sure that I have everything I need to do the Wi-Fi so that I don't have to call you early in the morning. So can you just give me your, your, um, your Wi-Fi information? Okay, what's the password for that? Um, and then, you know, when we're there, we want to make sure that we can, um, we want to make sure that we can talk with other people. So, uh, can you give me the phone number for X, Y, and Z? And can you, can you give me the email address for X, Y, and Z? And now we have the format for email address and maybe we know what the phone tree might look like and we can get some other people that we're going to call from there. And then, um, when we were there last time, our computers just would not connect to the network. I think it's because we're on windows. Are you guys on windows too? Okay, no, let's um, let's try and we'll bring our other machines so that we work better when we're there. Uh, what operating system do you think we should use? What version works best for you guys? Um, and just go down the line from software from there under the pretext of 
we want to make sure that when we're building things for you, that it just works. And I don't have to contact you and bother you in the middle of the night. Something like that. When you're establishing these pretexts, I, I know for you said, I think you said um, for this past year's capture the flag, you had something like 25 scripts. Oh, no, I had there. I had um, 30 different phone numbers that I could call, but I had um, seven pretexts, seven, so seven individual scripts, seven scripts and 30 numbers. Mm -hmm. So how many hours do you think you put into uh, establishing all that and getting those? If I say over 100, it makes me sound crazy. So I'll just stick with 100. <laughs> but it showed it showed in your call. You were Thanks, you guys. were you were just it was like almost robotic you you, you had it <laughs> you had a had the system down and it was oh the one pretext you had was uh, a mix-up in the pbx system <laughs> you pretended like your phone accidentally called somebody somebody else's phone uh switch that reverse it i pretended like they accidentally called me like they're i kept saying like you guys keep calling me why are you calling me but there's no one there and they're like we didn't call you it's like oh that's weird. Uh, my Our boss over in the other headquarters wanted me to log this. So let me go through and log all the information. It didn't work, but it's a memorable pretext. <laughs> I think I only got like two, maybe three flags on that one. Didn't the person, one of the people that you tried that on said, yeah, this has totally been happening to yeah, me. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Which is super weird because I even like, like looked up, when like, does, does that, this happen? Yeah, that <laughs> never happens. But she's like, oh yeah, it totally happened to me. That was, was like, weird. What the heck? Yeah. That was interesting. The pretext that worked the best was when I called that guy um, who's at the movies with his kids. Do you remember that one? No. I felt I felt like such a bad person, but it worked and it was down to the wires like the last five minutes and we got down to like the last 30 seconds. And I'm just like, he's like, I'm so sorry. I really do have to go. The movie's about to start. And I'm like, oh, one last thing, one last thing, one last thing. I'm, he's helping me troubleshoot something, right? I'm pretending to be a client. And he's like, all right, that's it. That's all I can help you with. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, one last thing, this piece of information. And he gives it to me. And then I hear, da, 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 like the fox, whatever. Yeah. Movie thing starting. So that's yeah, I felt awesome. bad, but that one, that one did work. This displays the human condition really well. People want to help other people. It's like right. instinctual. There was one caller who, um, basically just brute forced her way through her call. It was a really shy, reserved, quiet Asian gal who... Oh, she was newer to the SCCTF. I think that was her first call. Yeah. I remember. And she was like literally just going down the list, asking questions, like brute, essentially just brute forcing her way in. And she got a ton of flags. It was like... She did. I think she huh. actually came in third. She did really she well. She did really well. Like it was after, awesome. After... after like about a minute, I'm like, this girl's going to get, get shut down fast because it was like, hi, this is Janet from the Irvine office. Um, I have a few questions. I'm sorry. Um, who from where? <laughs> yes. Uh, is your IT supported in-house or outsourced? <laughs> uh, we have in-house IT, but I'm sorry. Your name again? Do you have a cafeteria? Yeah, it's great. I love it. It was great today. I'm sorry. Janet from the Irvine. We don't have an Irvine office. And there's nobody named Janet. Yeah, there's nobody named Janet in the company and there is no Irvine office. Are you sure you're not working remote? Do you have wireless uh, in use on site? Yes or no? It just goes to show you that social engineering just plain works. 
like sometimes you really need a script and sometimes you can just go down the line and people will answer your questions. Yeah. To me, it felt like you meet a tourist who's just completely lost. You just want to help. And you just want to help. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the woman on in this case was she was questioning the legitimacy of, of the, of the call from the beginning, Yeah, but she kept giving her information I remember that. and it became, it came to a point where this girl's awkwardness became like endearing. She, she kind of just, just kept going with it and help her, help, helping her out. Like she was a lost tourist. It's, it's a part of your pretext at that point. You yeah. are, you really are living who you say you are, you know? So whether or not that was her real personality or she was putting on a show, like, she doesn't matter. It. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. She, she, yeah, and, and, she crushed it. And, and, and compared to like, say, another, there were other people who had amazing pretexts and the, and they just couldn't get anybody on the phone. So, so with the, the, the capture of the flag itself, there's so many variables. Just the fact that I got somebody on the line. Just you getting into that box is a win. Yeah. Just getting up there. Yeah. It's <laughs> such an, adre- it's such an adrenaline rush. And, um, by the way, what operating system do you use <laughs> on your computer? No. <sighs> All right. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, like, how do you vish a visher? Um. Oh yeah. I mean, you can. That def- should be like a whole nother That's competition. A whole other competition. Any any human being, any human being is susceptible to, to to social engineering. There's no person on the planet who couldn't be social engineered. It just takes the right time, the right place, the right pretext. So, do you do physical pen testing too? I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. So I'll take that as a yes. Um, tell me about WISP. WISP, Women in Security and Privacy. Yeah. Um, that is an awesome nonprofit that I'm a part of. Um, basically, we help bring parity to the security and privacy fields, and we help advance women in those fields. So we do things like trainings, um, education, mentorship. We make sure that people have the resources they need so that they can advance in those fields. And it's amazing. And I'm, I just became the chair of the board. Congratulations. Thank you. So, uh, oh, are you going to do uh, Capture the Flag again this year? Yes. I Yes, I'm going to definitely do it this year. I might see if I can do a talk at DEF CON. I don't know. I'm going to see. Might. You should. You think I should? Yeah, absolutely. I don't even think that's a question. Um, what are some just very basic measures that people can take? to protect themselves Mm. against evil social engineers such as yourself. Such as myself, right. Um, I think the simplest thing that somebody could do to make themselves less of a target, um, because social engineers are going to pick the targets that they have the most information on, right? So if I'm going to try and figure out somebody who I'm going to fish or vish, I need their phone number and I need their email address, right? So at the very least, don't publicly post those things. Don't link those to your Facebook. Don't post those things on your Snapchat, your Instagram, your Twitter, um, if you can help it. And if you do, then just be aware that someone is, they might use that, right? They might, um, they might call you, they might email you. So just don't click on links. Um, don't tell people information on the phone if you didn't call them first, those types of things. And then in terms of your social media, if you can make it private, make it private, obviously, I think you and me both don't have private Twitters, right? It's one of those things where you have to take calculated risks. So if you're okay with people chatting with you on Twitter, then you're just going to have to be politely paranoid on Twitter. It's one of those things. People will be like, hey, Rachel, check out this awesome blog that I just posted. I'm like, that sounds great, but no, (laughs) tell me about your blog, right? I'm not going to click that link. It's just never going to happen. 
So that sometimes makes communication a little awkward on social media, but it's one of those things where you just have to have a limit. Um, and don't post pictures of your workstation. You know, if you're going to post a picture of your house, make sure your address isn't clearly there. Um, you want to not post, um, like on Instagram, you can tag things to locations. You can do this on Twitter or Facebook too. Turn that off, right? You don't need to use geolocation services. We just heard about this with Strava, with individuals who have sensitive data. Um, the thing about these types of situations though is that those companies, they have an opt-out policy, right? When it comes to um, when it comes to using Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you need to say, please don't show my location services. Click the X to eliminate you know, your location or your or the map of where you are. Um, and there's an issue with that too, right? So it's not just on the users, but making sure that we can inform companies of making sure that we can, I would say putting uh, people's privacy first and making sure that we don't just um, put it on the user to opt out of everything. I don't think that's fair for users. I would think by now that companies would have a social media policy, you know, like best practices. And I'm sure that some of them do, but uh, is it is it a widespread thing? Do, is that is that a, is that even a thing right now? You would hope. Um, we've seen an uptick in social engineering calls getting rejected over the years. Mm. So we know that people are becoming more aware of vishing, phishing. It's something mm-hmm. that they talk about now. A social media policy. I think that's going to be a little slower, and it's also harder to enforce um, because people do private things on their Instagrams, Twitter, Facebook, and you're not going to have someone monitoring that 24 seven. So I think it's going to take a while to get to that point where people and companies enforce or even have social media policies. That's what we're trying to help with, with social proof security, helping people understand what those risks are. That's the first step. Um, And then making it relevant to them showing, okay, here's exactly the script that I would use to get in. Here's the information that I would use from Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, obviously scrubbed. No one should get fired for not knowing that they shouldn't be posting these things, right? And then here's how you can try it so that we're not just speaking at you, but you've actually tried it and done it yourself. So you're not going to forget after you've become a hacker, quote unquote, you're not going to go back to posting that type of sensitive data. Yeah. Little miniature OSINT CTFs within companies. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. And it's also kind of gamifies things. It makes it less scary. Yeah. It's more fun. So uh, how long has social proof security been around? It's been around for the past. Yeah. Since, since October, October. Um, Yeah. But we've been, we've been doing a little bit of social engineering. That is six points. I just got six points. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I've heard you say that you 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 got you you call your your um your foray into social engineering and the infosec a nonlinear path. Mm-hmm. What's the linear path? Oh, well, I always think of a linear path as like you go to school and you study this thing and then maybe you get an internship and then you get a job. That's like that's like linear to me and that's what it was mm-hmm. kind of that's what I always thought my life would look like. Um and then I realized that's absolutely not how things work and you're going to just do a random competition and maybe that is now a new path for you. So yeah. it's totally different. I, f- I feel, I feel like there isn't one, like in, it feels like with InfoSec, it's one of the few industries where the, the, the linear path that you described isn't, uh, isn't, doesn't seem typical. 
Like I know yeah. a lot of these, I know they're it's true. I'm sure there are tons of people in the industry that, that went to school, studied internships, the whole nine, but, uh, but at least, you know, the people that I follow on Twitter that are very active and very <laughs> open, they seem to have, you know, uh, you know, come from radically different backgrounds and, um, and I think something like something like social engineering, it's just, you know, it's 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 human nature. Mm -hmm. It's part of human nature. Um, I think for I can't speak for technical people because it's likely that maybe if you are trying to build those technical skills, you might have studied computer science. Right. And then it's not as nonlinear of a path from there. Um, but at least in the social engineering world, in the non-technical hacker world, I don't know a soul who went to school for for um, InfoSec, like not one. A lot of times it's like anthropology, sociology, psychology, neuroscience. Neuroscience. Now, yeah. You have a background in neuroscience? That's me, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's more like studying people and then you're like, oh, I could use this in a totally different way. Um, but you, I, at least I personally did not know about that when I was going through college. And um, I like Chris. Chris's... Um, definition of social engineering it's very broad some of the chris's that beat me or chris hagnaggy uh chris hagnaggy okay. uh <laughs> any act that influences a person to take an action that may, may or, or may, may not, not be, be in, in their, their best, best interest. interest that i mean that right there is the power power of persuasion basically right mm -hmm. i think a lot of salespeople are social engineers and they don't know it like that's 100 percent Anybody who's, who talks with people a lot, and I know some social engineers who don't even like talking with people a lot. This is just something that they like to do. It's a fun exercise for them, but they like to go home and they do not like to talk on the phone, right? Or they do not like to send a lot of emails. Um, I know a lot of social engineers like that, but I also know a lot of social engineers who came from sales, came from community management or customer support because they know that attack vector. It's been used against them all the time, and now they want to try it on the other side. Besides Instagram and social media and that stuff, what are some other resources that, that you like to rely on? Um, well, Instagram is my biggest one. So you hit that one right off the bat. Um, I would say like 70, 60 to 70% of the flags that I'm looking for, I find on Instagram alone. But apart from Instagram, obviously Twitter, um, Facebook dorking is huge. So using Facebook dorking, <laughs> a cool, awesome term that I coined comes from Google dorking, basically using special search operators to find information that you shouldn't. Be ah, okay. Um, so you can find information about where people work, who their bosses are, who their friends are through Facebook dorking. Um, so that helps me do um, kind of picking who my targets are, who I want to pretext as. And then um, the other really big one this past year was WikiLeaks, uh, Reddit for AMAs. And you can use Multigo. For me, I've just found that social media sometimes is easier to go through. What about you? What did you use this year? What type of computer? I mean, uh, an iMac. An iMac. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I I looked over the social engineering capture the flag report. They put a report online, and oh, they have WikiLeaks in here. Um, Google Maps, Shodan, Loop.net, LoopNet.com. I hate that when 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 websites put net or org or com in the name of the, the url gov.gov bgp.he.net what the hell is that i don't know look it up put that link in no, it's, 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 should go to that link that. yeah site block due due to a security threat yeah 
And that's why you always put links in from the social engineering report. Creepy. I'll, I'll have to visit that later on on that computer. That's my that's my burner computer. Oh, just, what type I, of burner computer do you have? It's a Dell. <laughs> um, I'm running. Oh, I'm running. I'm running Kali Linux on it. I took Windows 10 off of it, mm-hmm. and um, I have Mint. Mm. I have Ubuntu. Um, what else do you want to know? <laughs> what uh, what version? Oh crap! I don't know. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's oh, cool. I have a touchscreen too. A touchscreen. It's, it's wow. a touchscreen. Yeah. Super cool. Very hacksaws. Totally hacksaws, dude. <laughs> I've got stickers on it too. Like this, I got DefCon stickers on it, so you know I'm, you I'm can't legit. Get that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've learned stuff from social engineering that I can apply to just daily interactions with people and not for nefarious purposes necessarily. You know, everybody wants to get along and Mm -hmm. have a fair and equal exchange of ideas or goods and services or whatever. And the idea of reciprocity is a great way to, to get somebody to, uh, you know, to compel somebody to comply with you, to, to make friends, especially now, when people are so much about me, 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 mm-hmm. it's like this me, everybody look at me. It's mm-hmm. all about me. And so now it almost feels like an anomaly when somebody goes out of their way to do something for you. Right. And it's sort of a selfless or a seemingly selfless manner. There's this article that I read and they were talking about in this day and age, what makes other people like other people? Like what are like the most likable traits? And the top of the list was somebody saying, somebody telling you some information about themselves and then asking, proceeding to ask you a bunch of questions about you. And that's exactly what social engineers do, right? So human beings innately find that likable. They find that like, wow, this person really cares about me. This person really is interested in me that we don't always come across people like that. Right? So when a social engineer might do that to you, might strike up a conversation or if you're talking to somebody at a help desk and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, my dog's barking. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Sorry. And they're like, and you know, they have a dog, right? They're like, oh no, don't worry about it. Like I'm in the same boat as you, right? You offer that information and then boom, you go in and you ask all your questions. So if you can just find one thing that links you two together, people find that like a likable characteristic. And that doesn't mean that we go around manipulating human beings all day. But when you think about when you make friends, like that's exactly what you're doing. You're just trying to be a likable person that other people enjoy spending time with. And that's what a social engineer is doing. Now, because I'm exposed to all this, this stuff, I get paranoid when my Uber driver starts saying like, Oh, did you just get off work? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You work there. What do you do over there? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do a thing, you know, and it's like, it's like such a normal conversation, but you, <laughs> yeah, it's a normal, like they're just I'm trying the to, way. they're just trying to strike up small talk or, or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm, and I'm automatically on guard. It's yeah. like, so, um, what are some reading resources that you would suggest? I know that like Kevin Mitnick has yep. a book that everybody, uh, yep. recommends, are there other books or yes. like that that you would recommend people read? I would read, there is a book by Talamantes um, about pretexts that I would read. That one's huge. Um, teaches you how to do pretexts. Chris Hadnagy has, I think, three, and I think he's working on a fourth. He'll correct me if I'm wrong. Book um, that goes 
over everything you'd ever need to know about social engineering, developing pretexts, picking targets, how to vish. Um, I would watch a lot of YouTube videos. Um, the Hope Conference has uh, YouTube videos you can watch of them live vishing. Not sure how they recorded it. I think it might be because they're not in a two-party consent, consent state. Um, but you can watch that, which taught me a lot. Oh, um, there's a lot on Peerlist that I just got involved with. It's like an open community of InfoSec uh, IT professionals who talk about everything you'd ever need to know to compete at DEF CON or to get into the InfoSec field or privacy. Very cool. Nice. Uh, Rochelle, till back. <laughs> if people want to uh, find your work, learn more about social proof security, where should they find you and stalk you on the internet? It is Rachel Toback, R-A-C-H-E-L-T-O-B-A-C on Twitter. And the website is socialproofsecurity.com. Um, cool. Well, Rachel Toback, thank you so much as always. And I look forward to talking to you again soon and seeing Can't you wait. at DEF CON. Can't wait. Thanks, Vince. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vince in the Bay podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check out my bloggity blog at vincentthebay.com and hit me up on Twitter at Vince in the Bay. Until next time, ciao.